Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Cyber Monday, if you were wondering. It's actually Monday, November 27th, the day um, after the week of Thanksgiving. And hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, great time with, with family, connecting, traveling, if you did that, all that good stuff. And we are now here uh, re... Um, reinvigorating, relaunching our pastoral devotionals because we took last week off, all right? So it being Monday, November 27th, 2023, year of our Lord, thought it would be helpful to kind of pull back for a second and talk about why we do these devotionals and, and then where in the flow of things we find ourselves in Matthew's gospel. So the purpose of our, our devotionals is we track with the sermon that's coming up for that particular Sunday. And so instead of doing a retrospect on a sermon after the fact, we study the passage of scripture together that we're going to be preaching on for that upcoming week as a way of just helping um, all of us uh, possess some interpretive tools that help us apply God's word for ourselves. So we're not just being consumers of the word, but you're getting a sense of how I'm thinking about a passage, how I'm interpreting the passage, the tools I'm using to look at the passage, and then we sort of culminate in the sermon for that Sunday. And um, and hopefully, again, that's giving you sort of um, an inside look at um, how I walk through a passage, help you in your own personal Bible study. And it, to be honest, it's super helpful to me um, as, we're, as we're doing this, um, studying this passage, um, together for the coming week. So that, that's what these devotionals are. And this season we are in the gospel of Matthew. And we have come now to Matthew chapter 13. And one of the things that you've, you've heard me say, if you've tuned into these devotionals for any length of time, is that context is king. Um, which means that as we're going to study a passage of scripture, we need to understand where it falls um, in the broader letter or epistle or biography or narrative that we're reading, what comes before it, what comes after it. Again, why is the author writing what he writes? Why does he include what he includes? Why does he not include what he doesn't include? Um, and all sort of a sense to try to understand what he was saying to his original audience then so that we can then now apply it faithfully to ourselves in in the present. So, so all that said, um, let, let's let's go back to the beginning. Who's writing this gospel? It is Matthew the apostle, and he is writing some we believe thirty to forty years after Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. And Matthew, as an apostle, has been given a special commission by Jesus and an authority to take his gospel message of the kingdom far and wide. And we believe Matthew was most likely writing um, in, in the 60 AD range. He was writing to Jewish Christians. And he was writing to these Jewish Christians to reinforce to them why Jesus was, in fact, their long-awaited, long-promised Messiah. And by the same token, he was giving them tools to help them share with their 
Jewish family and friends, those who had not converted, so so to speak, to Christianity. Um, and, and again, Matthew's purpose being to show that Jesus was God's long-awaited, God's long-appointed Messiah. He was the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy. He is the promised Messiah, the coming King. And everything Matthew does in his gospel is marshaled towards that effort, okay? And we've seen that in these first 12 chapters, how Jesus is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in his birth narratives. He comes preaching um, the Old Testament and him as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He talks about how um, he, ha he has not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He is the rightful interpreter he, of, of, the, of the Old Testament. He, in fact, is bringing forth the kingdom through his power, his miraculous works, his supernatural deeds. And so that's all been happening in these first 12 chapters. But, but there, there's two things that would have that, that, that strike us as hearers, okay, or readers of Matthew's gospel. And they would have been the same ones that would have struck the original readers of this gospel um, when it was written. And it's simply this How can there be so many, many varied and diverse and con divergent responses to this same gospel? How can there be so many different responses to the revelation of Jesus as God's long-awaited, anointed Messiah? How, how do we explain that, right? And, and that would have been a question for those original Jewish Christians um, that they would have faced, right? Why is it that we see so clearly who Jesus is? Why is it that we see so clearly um, how he is, he is the fulfillment of all prophecy, that he's God's long-awaited Messiah. But others of us, other non-Christian Jews, don't see it, can't see it, won't see it, whatever happens to be. What, why, in fact, did our own people want to kill Jesus and, in fact, did kill him? And so what Matthew 13 is, is essentially a commentary on the state of affairs of men's hearts who are hearing Jesus and being confronted with him. It's a commentary in the form of parables for how we explain why some believe and some don't. Now, that question that those original readers of this gospel would have had are very much ours as we read this gospel, right? Um, for us, reading in retrospect, it, it all seems so clear. It all seems so laid out before us and com compelling and full of conviction of this story of Jesus. But we know that when we look around, okay, in our own churches, our own families, our own world, that's not the response of everyone. In fact, people can hear the same message we're hearing, be confronted with the same Jesus we're confronted with, but yet have radically different responses to him and to the good news. So it was in Jesus's day, so it was in Matthew's day, and so it is in our day. And what Matthew 13 does, it's almost like Jesus says, let's take a time out here and let's, in the form of parables, in the form of stories, in the form of illustrations, let me talk about all these uh, different ways people are responding and why it is that they're responding in the way that they do. 
So, so what I wanted to do this morning, um, Pastor Scott preached yesterday over the first, I think it was first 24 verses of 23 verses of this, of this chapter is that I want to do just a flyover to try to understand how all of this whole chapter fits together in providing a commentary for us on the nature of belief and unbelief. Okay. So first of all, um, we hear about the parable of the sower, okay, and how the people or how different kinds of soil um, respond to the seed or the word of God. And you heard Pastor Scott say yesterday, some of it is choked out, some of it uh, bears fruit for a little time and then dies, some, bear, some bears ongoing fruit. Um, but but Jesus' point here is that the reason people respond differently to the kingdom, okay, and to the message of the gospel is because of the heart. The condition of the heart determines what sort of receptivity or non-receptivity one has to the word of God. So Jesus is the sower, the word of God um, is the seed, and the soil are, is humanity or, or, or human hearts, okay? And, and so, so, so this first parable talks about the nature of the human heart and why some receive the word and why others don't, okay? Now, when we scroll further down, um, we're going to get, and we're going to talk about this this week, the parable of the weeds, and this parable is making a commentary on the fact that even in God's visible kingdom, okay, today, um, the church, um, even as we see people responding to that and gathering around Christ in the name of Christ, yet we still see people who have great proximity to Jesus great proximity to the church, great proximity to the community, um, who seem to have hearts that really are unchanged. There might be external behavioral transformation. There might be benefits by them being a part of the community. But what we, what we see is that there are truly um, people who may claim the name of Christ, but in who fact really aren't believers, really aren't regenerated. And so the parable of the weeds um, is meant to be a commentary on that, okay? What are we to do with this idea that everyone sitting in the pew on any given Sunday at Four Oaks Church is not necessarily a believer? How, how are we to think about that? What's, what, what are we to, to do about that, okay? That's the parable of the weeds. Then Jesus, okay, talks... Um, in the form of another parable, compares the kingdom of heaven like to a mustard seed, okay? And his point here is that despite the fact that people respond differently, um, people hear the same message but reject Jesus, despite the fact that you have this intermingling of, of folks who claim the name of Christ versus those who are truly uh, followers of Christ, um, despite all that, the kingdom of God continues to grow. It continues to progress, okay? 
So, so as we dive into this chapter this week, and our focus, by the way, is going to be verses 24 through 42 or 43. Um, this kind of gives us a, a bird's eye view of the passage, how it all fits together. And what I would ask you to do here at the onset of this week is to pitch your devotional tent in Matthew 13 this week, right? Read the whole chapter several times, um, get the flavor, get the flow. And, and let me just say this, um, I'm doing this myself, right? So, so I'm just coming off Thanksgiving break. Um, I am um, coming to this passage um, new, so to speak, on this Monday morning, okay? Obviously, I've done some previous study and thoughts about this, but, but I'm diving into this with you. And so what we want to understand is how Matthew 13 all fits together and what it tells us about the way people are responding, how we are to think about these things in the context of our daily lives and what we are to do as a result, okay? So, so got a little spade work in front of you. And one thing I will just encourage you with on the way out the door on this Monday morning is that despite unbelief that you might see, despite great discouragement of um, that you wished that things were different in your life in some way or the other, or you wish they were different in the people's lives that you love, um, despite what's happening externally, okay, despite what's happening um, in terms of just what we can see, taste, touch, put your put our eyes on, that nonetheless, the kingdom of God is growing. The kingdom of God is advancing. God is at work. And just like seed that is sown, you don't you can't see it grow under the ground, right? But it's growing. And you oftentimes don't see it until it springs forth out of the ground and you realize it's been alive the whole time. And you just couldn't see that life. And that's what God's kingdom is like. God's kingdom surprises us. God's kingdom um, um, gives us hope. God's kingdom gives us a grounding. And what Jesus gives us the great privilege of in this chapter is understanding some of those dynamics that we too, like the disciples, can trust that God is at work. All right. That wraps it up for today. Read Matthew 13 three times in one sitting, start to finish, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Lord Jesus, give us your wisdom. Give us your grace as we study your word together this week. Lord, we want to be faithful servants. Lord, we want to uh, respond appropriately to the good news of Jesus. And so, Father, give us illumination and leading by your Holy Spirit. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.